everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about dealing with weight loss fluctuations. When you wanna lose weight, it's really, really important that you understand that your weight is always gonna fluctuate a little bit because I have seen this do more people in than almost anything. Um, you start losing weight and you're watching the scale go down and it goes down and then one day it goes up a little bit and now it feels like the whole world's ending. So you have to understand that weight fluctuations are completely and totally normal and natural and unavoidable. And I think the best way to deal with this is to start thinking of your weight within a range. Um, I use a five pound range, okay? And so what this means is, let's just say someone is 200 pounds and they wanna start losing weight. Um, what I'm looking at is I know that my weight's gonna fluctuate day to day, okay? Um, by, again, now this is me, but my weight might fluctuate one, two pounds a day on average, right? Um, and we wanna build that into our weight loss um, structures here because again, if we just all of a sudden lose some weight or put some weight on and we weren't expecting it, it, it feels devastating. And so if you're 200 pounds, and you lose two pounds and then the next day you get on and you put those two pounds on again, oh, don't worry about it, okay? Again, it's just a normal, natural thing. There's so many things that can impact your weight fluctuations. You might've drank a little extra water. You might've eaten some extra salt. Um, I mean, there's just a million things that can impact weight fluctuations day to day, right? When we measure ourselves day to day, um, there's just a lot of little things that can happen. Uh, and by the way, right, just when we weigh ourselves, if you're gonna weigh yourselves, I really suggest every day because if you weigh yourself week to week, <laughs> the fluctuations that can happen in a week are tremendous as well. And so, um, you know, if you're only measuring yourself every seven days, you know, the first day you might catch yourself on a low point and the next week you might catch yourself on a high point. And, and if you don't know that, again, it feels devastating. So start to understand and think in terms of a range, right? And so if I'm 200 pounds and I lose two pounds um, one day, I'm feeling good about it, but I'm recognizing that I don't really consider that permanent weight loss until I get to around 195. And now I feel like I'm down a considerable amount, like, like legitimately down. Um, but again, you know, you could go one day without drinking much water and be a pound or two down. You, you know what I mean? So again, a pound, two, three pounds of weight fluctuation is how a lot of people are experiencing weight each and every day. Okay. So start thinking in a five pound range where you're really aiming for that five pound weight loss. Because once you get to 195, now I'm expecting my weight to fluctuate somewhere in the ballpark of 198, 192, okay? And so that sets me up with a range in my mind. So if the weight goes up a little bit or down a little bit, I have, I think, a much more accurate understanding of it because weight is not this static thing. I, I, you know that, right? But we get emotional with the weight loss. So it's important, I think, that you build into your weight loss a kind of margin of error to some degree, again, of two, three pounds, five pounds, um, somewhere in that ballpark so that when you lose a couple pounds, you're excited and happy about it, but you're also prepared and aware that the next day you step on there could go back up a pound, two pounds, um, and start thinking within a range. And I think that's gonna help you because it's normal, natural, and unavoidable. And so we need to have a strategy ahead of time to deal with some of the fluctuations that go on with weight, all right? So keep this in mind. And when, and again, we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're 
waiting to lose a certain, a little bit more than maybe you did before. So if I lose two pounds, I'm kind of calm and cool about it because I know that that two pounds is within that range of fluctuation in a day. And I'm waiting to maintain that two pounds for a week or two before I really consider it two pound weight loss, okay? And so start thinking this way. I think it's gonna help your motivation a lot. And again, it's a much more accurate way to think about your weight. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I will uh, do my best to answer them. Let me see here. There it is. I have to see the little chat window. Whoops. There we go. All right. Let's see. Hey, Mary, how you doing? How's it going? Um, I saw a question somewhere. Oh, there it is. Uh, user says, how do I stop overeating? Ugh, it's horrible. Uh, all right, overeating, right? How do we stop overeating? This is a big question, um, and I'm going to give you kind of a strategic solution to this. There, I think the first step to stop overeating is to understand why you're overeating, right? Um, it's not just as simple as, oh, I'm an overeater. Oh, I was hungry. I can't stop myself. No. There are different reasons why we overeat. Some of the most common ones that you want to look out for. And again, you probably have different versions of these. And so if you have different causes of the overeating, we need to recognize those so we can come up with the correct solution for each of the causes. Okay, so what are the common causes of overeating? I would say the number one cause of overeating for most people is that they're eating a lot of processed foods. If you have a diet high in processed foods, you are almost guaranteed to be hungry all the time because you're eating food stuff that is literally designed to make you hungry. <laughs> Understand, processed food is a business. It's not there to nourish you and support your health. It's there to get you to eat as much of it as they can because that makes them more money. And so if you're eating a lot of processed food, you're not getting the micronutrients you need. You're not getting the fiber you need. You're not getting what you need to feel satisfied. Okay. And so you're going to be hungry all the time and you're going to overeat because of course it also encourages overeating. So be careful of what you're eating and start to eat more natural foods. All right. So that's the first one is what you're eating. The next big one I see reason for overeating is over restricting. So if you're trying to lose weight like the average person, you're way over restricting your calories. You're getting yourself to be extremely hungry. And now you're also depleted willpower wise. Because understand, willpower is not some non-physical thing. It's a prefrontal cortex process. You need to think about your willpower like it's a muscle. And it, just like a muscle can be depleted. So if you're using your willpower to not eat, not eat, not eat, now what happens is you get to a state where you're really hungry and on top of that, your willpower is now way depleted and you don't have the ability to stop yourself from eating. And so very often people over restrict and then they follow it up by overeating because you're so hungry and you can't stop yourself. So watch out for that. And the third big one I see is emotional. Okay, where you're not eating for nourishment, you're not even eating necessarily for the flavor of it, you're eating to deal with your emotions, to either feel some emotion, the pleasure, excitement, stimulation of eating, and or dealing with negative emotions you don't wanna feel. And you're using the food to distract yourself from some negative or unpleasant emotions that are upsetting to you and you don't know how to deal with genuinely. So those are the big three. There's a lot of other reasons too why we overeat, but those are the big three I'd start with because again, whichever one is affecting you at different times, it's gonna require a different solution.
So that's my first step. And I know I didn't really get into the solutions piece of it, but the first step is to analyze and understand why am I overeating? Okay. You need to get more granular understanding of why you're doing it. Most people I see have no idea why they're overeating. They just have these vague ideas. Well, I'm an overeater. I can't control my eating. I love food. That's not it. There's way deeper, more specific reasons that are leading to the overeating and need to understand those first before you can craft a, you know, specific strategy is going to help you reduce that or eliminate the overeating. So I hope that helps you out as an initial step. Um, little mean queen. Hey, how you doing? Um, hi, Jim. Had that for three weeks, the same weight. I was going crazy, but you have to trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, yeah, weight loss plateaus are like that. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you're, are you close to your goal weight? I get confused sometimes with people, but I, I, are you close to your goal weight, right? Um, and if you are, if that was you, the closer you get to your goal weight, typically the slower the weight loss gets, right? It just slows down um, the closer you get. And again, you just have to know that, you know, and it becomes, it just takes a little bit longer, but so what? When you're in weight loss plateaus, what you really want to do is you want to practice your maintenance, Right, because the ultimate goal here is to be in a forever plateau. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to be at the same weight forever. And so when you hit these plateaus where the weight loss isn't happening, what I always suggest is that you start optimizing your plan. Whatever you've done to lose weight, you start optimizing it. Optimizing it does not mean you cut more calories necessarily. What it means is you start making it easier, more, more enjoyable. Whatever you're doing, you make it easier and more enjoyable. You maintain the same calories for another week, two weeks, three weeks, and then see what happens. Sometimes your body just needs to readjust and then you start losing weight without changing anything. And then sometimes you need to cut more calories. But regardless, if you focus on optimizing, make it easier, more enjoyable, what happens is after three weeks, you say, okay, I gotta start cutting some more down. Now what happens is you can look strategically at what you typically, how you're eating, how you're living, and you can make a strategic decision how do I want to change this? Where, where else can I cut a couple more calories out? Okay. But start orienting yourself that the real goal here is to be at a plateau. So it, it, that's not the end of the world. Now I know again, people just want fast weight loss results, but as you get close to that goal weight, again, sometimes it, it slows down a little bit. Um, what do you think about one meal a day? Um, I think about one meal a day, what I feel about pretty much every weight loss tactic that's out there. And that is, if it works for you, great. If you hate it, not great. Do something else, okay? And so I know that that's not a very satisfying answer, but um, one meal a day, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's extreme. I know people that do it and it really works for them. Um, I think for most people, it's kind of extreme and it's unpleasant and they don't like it. And then I think in that case, you do not need to eat just one meal a day to lose weight, okay? Understand, there is no, there's no perfect way to lose weight. The only perfect way to lose weight is the way that works for you. And each and every person is a unique um, individual. So you need to create the plan that works for you, okay? You can't just force yourself to follow something. So um, again, one meal a day is just a strategy, a somewhat extreme strategy, um, but it's just a strategy to reduce your daily average calorie consumption. And there's a million ways to do that. And so instead of thinking there's only one way to do it, realize there's a million ways to do it. Let me figure out the way that works best for me. And I think if you approach your weight loss this way, you're going to end up with much, much better results because you're going to end up with a system that's specifically built for you. And that makes all the difference in the world. And it's probably something you've never done before. So that's what I think about that. 
User says, I eat almost no processed foods, but always end up overeating healthy food. Yeah, so if that's the case, um, again, it's a process of elimination. I would suggest, I, I would guess, maybe you're over-restricting first. You're getting yourself so hungry and then you're overeating and or there's some emotional thing. Again, there's other things too. So without knowing the specifics of what you're dealing with, I'm just giving you the big ones, you know? Um, but it's a process of elimination. But once you figure out what the reason is, then you can go about figuring out, you know, the ideal strategy to deal with that. Um, user says, even my portions, I can always feel it being too much for my body. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, if that's the case too, sometimes we just habitually overeat, right? And and so once you recognize that and you say, okay, even these portions, like I feel like too much for my body, start cutting the portions down and manage that anxiety. When we cut food down from what we normally eat, you're going to experience some anxiety because it's not the normal thing you do. And you get really irrational or you start feeling like, I know it sounds crazy, but it's almost like you feel like you're going to starve to death. <laughs> you know, you're not logically, but the emotion of it is very irrational. Um, so work on cutting the portions down a little bit then, and then managing that anxiety, keeping yourself calm and relaxed, telling yourself, this is plenty of food. If I'm still hungry, and I need to eat. I can still eat more, but I'm going to play with this smaller amount and see how I feel. And again, kind of approach it as an experiment and see how that works. Um, I mean, Queen, stop. Wait, don't panic. Patience is the key. Jim, you are absolutely right. Love the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk about it all day long um, because patience, I think, I, I just made a video on this. I think it's the emotion that's most important. I think having more patience during your weight loss process is probably the most important um, emotion to work on because we are impatient by nature and then we have been conditioned our entire lives by the diet industry to be extra impatient, you know, and to be so short-term oriented. So um, I think specifically working on patience during this process is crucial, you know, and you're gonna keep coming back to that, you'll see, you know? But again, I will tell you this too about patience with weight loss. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit how long it takes to lose the weight? Who gives a shit? Because the goal is to get to your goal weight and then stay there forever. So if it takes you a month, six months, six years, who cares? It's a one-way path <clears throat> journey to your goal weight and then staying there. So again, we, we wanna <clears throat> really wrap our head around that the weight loss piece of it is just a phase. And it's not even the main phase, folks. The main phase that you need to master is living at your goal weight, right? You need to upgrade your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight. They're two totally different things, by the way. And the reason is when you just focus on losing weight, you think of the goal weight as the finish line. And it's not, is it? Do you just want to get to your, you've lost weight before. Do you just want to lose the weight? And then you don't give a shit if you put it back on? Right? I know it sounds silly when I say it that way, <clears throat> but when you keep saying, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight, that's what you're saying to your subconscious mind. The only thing I care about is just losing the weight. Right? And I know, I know you think, oh, well, once I lose the weight, then I'll figure it out. No, you won't. 95, they say 82 to 95% of people put the weight back on. What have you done when you've lost the weight? You know what I mean? Like, it's not enough to say, I just want to lose the weight because that's not even the actual goal you want to achieve. You know, <laughs> so you need to be very specific about what you want to accomplish and, and being patient is part of it because what's your rush? What is the rush? Does eating fruit make us hungry? Um, no, I would say eating fruit makes you feel more satisfied. The fiber in fruit is tremendous and the energy you get from fruit is, is it's a slow release, you know, as opposed to eating flour, refined foods, processed foods, um, which will 
cause you to feel really, really hungry. So I believe fruits in their whole form are the opposite of make you hungry. They're, they're very satisfying. Oops, let me see. So yeah, if anyone's got any questions, any weight loss questions. Oh, you know what? Um, yeah, little mean queen. Yes, I hit the goal weight. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah, that's all about patience now for you. I mean, what, what's what's there to do, you know? And now you're in the new phase. So I'm glad you're in the program because um, I always say this to people, right? Like, like if, if you're struggling with your weight, your biggest problem that you have to deal with ultimately is that you've got two mindsets. You've got an overweight mindset and you've got a dieting mindset. That's it. That's what you got. And what happens is in your best case scenario, you diet your way down to your goal weight, but the same problem exists that you know how to think like an overweight person and you know how to think like a dieter, but you never learn how to think like a thin and healthy person. And until you learn how to think like a thin and healthy person, how are you gonna live at your goal weight forever, long-term? You know, it's like, it's staring you right in the face. Do you know what I mean? You've lost weight. And then you put it back on. You say, oh, I can't, I can't maintain it. I don't know how to live there. I know. Because you're never, you're that you're never making that the goal. You're so fixated on losing the weight. But the weight loss is not the goal. It's living at your goal weight that's the goal. Okay, so, so Lil Ming Queen, that, that's for you, right? Is that now it's about shifting your mindset. You're again, you're starting. You're starting the process, you know, um, of learning to live at your goal weight. So yeah, patience is, is crucial for that, you know, but, but we'll tell you, you're in the program. So you're going to go through that and figure out exactly how to do that. That's what the program's for. Don says, it took me a month to lose a pound and I am so happy about it being gone. I enjoy all the food. Yeah. See, that's, that's the mindset we're talking about, right? Is that once the pound, see, like you, if you're really honest with yourself, you're like, at this point, you're probably apathetic. You know, you can't, you think about weight loss 24 hours a day, but you can't get yourself to really do anything to lose the weight. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons, but I believe one of the core reasons is that at this point, you don't even believe you can keep the weight off, right? So you're sitting here overweight and you're like, I want to lose weight, but now you're like, yeah, but even when I lose the weight, I end up putting it back on, you know? And it's just like, you can't even imagine a future where you live at your goal weight long-term, you know? And so you can hear what Dawn says, even what she's saying, you know, who gives a shit if it takes a month to lose a pound? Cause then it's gone, it's gone forever because she's thinking from that place of living at her goal weight. That's where she's kind of planted her flag. That's where she's going to live. You see, you're not doing that. Usually what, what most people to want to lose weight are doing is they're firmly implanted in their overweight self. And the dieting is just one part of that. I'm an overweight person. I'm going to die until I lose the weight. And then what though? And I, I'll tell you what, it's very triggering to people losing weight. Cause I've asked people, dieters that are actively losing weight. I said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do once you get your goal weight? They're going to get very mad. I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. When I, when I get there, I'll figure it out. No, no, you won't. I mean, statistics say you won't. What's your experience tell you? You know what I mean? you got to start planning that and program yourself. Then we start with a maintenance plan on day one because it's not about, see, like you're thinking you're going to lose the weight and then what? You're just going to live that way forever? You're not because most people have their average calorie consumption and then the diet that they're following is some drastic calorie cut so they can lose weight quickly. And then what? Oh, no, no, I'm bringing it back up to maintenance. Are you? How's that working out? <laughs> you know, and, and it hasn't worked out well. And so now you've got this belief that no matter what I do, I put the weight back on. I don't know how to live at my goal weight. You know, again, that's the main, the main thing you got to deal with. And most diets don't deal with that. You know, they're just trying to sell you... Um, 
quick weight loss. Tabby, yes, I sent you an email yesterday. I got that, and I'm going to answer that. And then since you're here, I'll answer it right now. Um, let me uh, let me look at that. I'll go get that question right now because I thought that was a good question. Um, 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 um. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Got to run. It is dinner time. I'll listen to this live tomorrow. Good work. Big hug. Yeah. Yeah. Great job, by the way. Getting your goal weight. Um, I'm going to get to your question in a second, Tabby. I'm just going to go through some of these questions real quick. Um, Priya says, ever since I heard your last live, I've had a shift. Every choice I've made to eat has been healthy. Super. Yeah. Again, folks, when I'm talking with you, I'm a hypnotist. <laughs> so I am not just saying things to you. I'm trying to say things in a way that actually impacts you. Right. That, that's my goal. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so just listening to me, I'm using conversational hypnosis and I'm using things to try and change and impact you, not just give you more information. Okay. So great job, Priya. Great job making better choices. I'm about to start Carbama. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Carbamazepine. I'm terrified of weight gain as I've just lost two stone, three more to go. Great job on the success so far. Um, yeah, terrified, right? That's what I mean. Do you see what I mean though, folks? I try to say this to people because you, you've experienced it. You're probably not aware of it. I've had so many conversations with people that are approaching their goal weight and you think you'd be over the moon if you were five pounds away from your goal weight, right? You think, oh my God, I did it. That'd be amazing. That is not the, that's not what I see. What I see when people are approaching their goal weight is exactly what she said, terror. They're terrified. Why? Again, it comes back to you. You got your overweight self and you got your diet self. And as you get closer to the goal weight, the anxiety starts to build. You're like, what the fuck? I can't keep dieting and I can't go back to being that overweight person. And there's this feeling, it's a vacuum. The vacuum is you do not know how to think like a thin and healthy person. Who's taught you that? No one, no one, <laughs> you know? I am, right? But but outside of me, there's very, I don't know, I don't know who else is doing it. No one's got this framing. No one's fixated on living at your goal weight, having a thin and healthy mindset. Everyone's fixated on just losing the weight. I'm going to be the same person, but I'm just going to lose the weight and act different. And then what? Then I'll figure it out. And the figuring out never ends up happening, you know, to the point that this person lost two stone and is terrified. You know, putting the weight back on and now it's going to go on. I can't even pronounce that medicine. I don't know what that one is. Um, but listen to my stuff. So I will tell you this, so, folks. So if you have not yet um, done this, go to my bio. If you're on TikTok, go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you. Okay, this will help you, C-Bear, because um, it'll calm you down. It'll relax you. And then watch the training I give you, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. Okay, because I go through a completely different way to approach this that I think will be very helpful to you. So if you're committed enough to start taking a medicine, then I hope you're committed enough to go and, and sign up, get that hypnosis session and watch the training. Um, Priya says, I hear what you're saying about how it's just a mindset. Yeah, yeah, it's a mind shift. Absolutely. Your mindset, folks, is the biggest thing impacting your weight. More important than your genetics, menopause, insulin resistant, all the rest of it. Um... It's a medication that's well known to cause weight gain. I will listen to that. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay, Sea Bear. I thought you meant. I thought it was like a semaglutide, like a Ozempic or um, Wegovy or something that that would help you lose the weight. Okay, I got you. It's a medication that causes weight gain. Um, yeah, I get that. I will tell you in that situation, anytime there's a physical challenge, whether it's menopause, insulin resistance, medication, um, whatever it may be that's physical and it's real, right? Those are just a real thing. What I always 
extra highlight for people. Again, please go watch the training that I just told you about because I kind of break this down. But um, in that case, so so let me back up a little bit more. When I talk about weight mastery, I reference a thing I call the weight mastery pyramid. And it's in order of importance, right? So we got a pyramid shape and the bottom foundational piece is your mindset. The next piece above it is your lifestyle and then's the eating at the top. And I do that to indicate the importance of each. And so for you, Seabear, I think it's really important to start fixating and focusing on the lifestyle pieces. Now, when I say, li say lifestyle, what I specifically mean is eight habits in order of importance, proper sleep, proper hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. And I think as you start to weave these things into your life, a lot of times they will kind of counteract or mitigate the negative health effects of the physical challenges we we're just referencing, medications, menopause, insulin resistance, whatever it may be, okay? Because all these lifestyle habits I talked about impact you biochemically, physically in a very similar way, okay? And that's what we want. So Seabear says, thank you, you're very calming. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to do because I think being calm is a superpower when it comes to weight mastery. I don't know. I don't even know. Can you really lose weight long-term if you're freaking out? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Esma, I see any advices for overeating, even if it's healthy food? Um, I just talked about this. So let me, let me get back to that one second. I will talk about it and answer it. I want to answer a question that, um, Tabby had sent to me yesterday and, uh, I wanted to answer because she's here all the time and I, and I want to answer this. Um, so she could you recommend any documentaries, books, podcasts, or articles that could assist in cultivating a more holistic and sustainable mindset beyond the pursuit of a specific body image? Um, well, I would recommend my, my training, right? It's not quite a documentary. It's about a half hour or so. I would definitely recommend that training. Okay, that's the first thing I'd recommend. Um, the next thing, what would I recommend? Books, podcasts, articles. You know, I mean... I'm not saying there aren't any, but to be honest, I mean, this is not the norm. This isn't the view most people take. Most of the weight loss industry, what they're trying to cultivate in your mind is you're going to motivate yourself by losing weight and looking better, right? Because if you think about it, every single weight loss ad you've seen in your life, and you've probably seen millions of them, it's always the before and after picture. And that conditions you to think about your weight loss motivation in terms of how you're going to look different. And that usually is not enough motivation. So again, what I'm sharing with you is really, again, what Program Yourself Thin is, it's really the combination of so many different things. Like I'm a yoga instructor um, and, and I've just read so many different things. So it's hard for me to pick just like one book because Program Yourself Thin really is like the, the you know, the, the combination of so many different strategies. I'm trying to think like what is in this ballpark, books, podcasts, or articles, just nothing's coming to mind. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like. Like genuinely, I, I really, I, I'm not saying there aren't people that have a holistic and sustainable mindset for weight loss. I don't know a lot of mindset weight loss people. I wish I did because <laughs> I would have, uh, I would have started, um, I would have just learned from them, you know, 30 years ago. And instead I've kind of had to like study everything to create my own because it wasn't out there. Who are you going to learn mindset? How, how are you going to learn how to create a thin and healthy mindset from who? You tell me, folks. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm out there looking all the time. I read 50 books a year. I'm looking at stuff all the time. I don't see, I don't know, who's the leader of weight loss mindset? <laughs> you know? I'm not going to say I am, but I'm, I'm one of the few that I know. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. 
And it's just, it, to be honest, it feels like creating my own system. It, I don't, I, I just wish there was a, you know, what Paul McKenna, like, like he's a hypnotist, you know, it's just, it's kind of one note. You know what I mean? I, I see people kind of like, like the weight loss industry is all built around the one thing. They know everyone that's overweight, you know, pretty much is overwhelmed, tired, exhausted, depleted. And so they try and make it simple as possible. I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. You know, I think you need a holistic plan, you know, that, that's really built around you. So I, I, can't, I don't have an answer for that. I wish I did. Um, what other aspects or pursuits should I consider that go beyond the sole focus on achieving a particular body shape? Now that I can talk about. Um, that gets right to the motivation piece. And what I always say is that you should take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. So I think you're going to have a much easier time mastering your weight if you reframe the process, not of one of just losing weight, but of one of becoming the best version of yourself possible. So if you think about the best tabby you can imagine, right? The tabby who's kind of flowing in life, right? Who's firing on all cylinders, who's really thriving. If you allow yourself to just kind of separate from your current reality and imagine who that version of you is, how it impacts your relationships, your, your work and your money, um, you know, your health, your longevity, all the things that matter to you in your life. Um, if you lose the weight, and again, not just visually, not if you, cause you look different. Um, but if you imagine how you are different when you're nourishing your body, when you're well rested, when you're hydrated, when you're relaxed and calm, um, when you're moving more, when you feel good about yourself, right? When you feel you're really living life the way you want to, how is Tabby different? You know, and so that's how I would start to reframe this because just wanting to lose weight, just wanting to look better, I know you think it should be enough motivation, but it's not. If, if you haven't lost any weight, if you're overweight and you want to lose weight and you haven't lost any weight in the last six months to a year, what you're doing right now is not working. And I always say the biggest first hurdle you got to get over is motivation. You're not motivated. You're not motivated to lose weight. Let me reframe it. You don't want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight. You wish you'd wake up tomorrow morning and start losing weight, but you don't want to. You want to keep eating the foods you're eating and living the way you're living. You do what you want to do. It's not complicated. You always do what you want to do. And so if you're wondering why you're not losing weight, it's because you don't want to. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's, it's just, we need clarity here. You know, we can confuse ourselves. Right? It's not it's not that confusing. If you're not losing weight, it's because you don't want to. You're not doing the things it takes to lose weight because everyone can lose weight if you reduce the calorie consumption that you're averagely putting in your body. Hope that helps. Um, Tabby follows it up. What about for stopping eating junk food like documentaries? Okay, yeah, yeah. To stop eating junk food for documentaries. Um, what's coming to mind? And I haven't watched any documentaries in a little while. I went through a period where I watched a bunch of them and now um, you kind of get to, or you, okay, I got it. Uh, you know, what's good? Um, Forks Over Knives is good. Jeez, I, I've seen so many, I, I just blocked my mind. I like the Super Size Me. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, books, you know, about junk food. Eat, uh, salt, Sugar, Fat was really good. The End of Overeating was really good. Um, those are books. Those are good ones. Um, Hooked. That was kind of interesting. That was by a, uh, an app developer talking about dopamine and, and how we get hooked on things. But that, that kind of related to that. Studying cigarettes, I found interesting because that the cigarette industry and the food industry parallel each other, you know? Um, so I would start with those, you know? And then just let's go to Netflix and just watch. I mean, there's a million of them. You know, I've watched them all. I just, this is what happens. I read so much and I watch so many documentaries. They all start to blur together, to be honest. And um, 
I just kind of, I watch them, I take what works and I discard the rest and I forget about them. <laughs> so sorry. I'll look them up though, you know, but I think that's a great thing to do because when you read a book, when you watch a documentary, it is like, it's like programming. You know what I mean? Like it's going to impact your behavior uh, for a while. Sugar documentaries are great to watch. Um, all of those things. Uh, Priya says, I really love Dr. Greger who promotes a whole foods plant-based diet and he's based it on studies. Yeah, I love Dr. Greger. He is a foundational piece of my, um, why I eat the way I eat. Uh, his How Not to Die book really motivated me to start eating those salads during lunch. Um, and if you ever want to know what my salad routine is, I, I put that video up on my on my bio page. It's pinned up there. But yeah, I, I love Dr. Greger. I think he's the Michael Jordan of nutritional research. I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah, I agree about the mind shift thing. You're one of the few. I really am. I mean, it just, it just, it is what it is. I don't know why it's this way, to be honest. I don't know. Because here, I'll, I'll define what I think, like, I don't like to say 100%, but it seems like it's 100%. If I had to define the weight loss industry, like in a nutshell, it's always someone telling you what to do. To be honest, even Gregor, right? I mean, he's, he's giving you studies and he's kind of telling you how you should eat, right? And so every diet is a plant. Here you go. This is what you should eat to lose weight quickly. And it doesn't matter. Oh, don't eat carbs. Eat 1,200 calories. It doesn't matter what it's saying. It's telling you what to do or it's telling you how to work out. Or you go see a nutritionist or a dietitian. They tailor it to you. But at the end of the day, it's like, here you go. This is what you have to do. And then it's up to you to get yourself to do it. And that's where the problem starts. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. The problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to do it, you know? And so you're never learning how to do that. If you just are getting more and more advice and suggestions about what you should do, it never gets to the core problem that you don't know how to get yourself to do it consistently. And how are you going to learn that? And that's why I find no one's talking about that. You know, I find my program be one of the few, you know? Again, even mindset. I find that's a buzzword now. But what do people mean by mindset? Thanks, Tabby. Um, what do people mean by mindset when they say that? Well, what I see is they're just using that as, as another word for willpower, right? They're like, come on, you got to have the right mindset. Well, what do you, if I knew how to have will, more willpower, I'd just do it already. You know, so they don't tell you how to have a better mindset. They just kind of say, oh, come on, you got to have a better mindset, you know? And so program yourself then, we break the mindset down into six categories, right? Because in the program, you fill out, your weight mastery blueprints. So your mindset, lifestyle, eating blueprint, okay? But the mindset piece, right? So again, you've never heard this before, I'm gonna guess, because I made this up. Because I'm like, how do you create a mindset? Well, to create it, you gotta break it down into pieces. So mindset and program yourself then is motivation. How do you motivate yourself? You don't know how to motivate yourself. That's why you're not losing weight. So you gotta learn how to motivate yourself. That makes everything a lot easier, as you can imagine. Your self-image. Right? Your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You can stop eating as much food. The problem is you think of yourself, you identify as an overweight person. Remember I was saying you had an overweight mindset and a diet mindset? Right? So you need to change your self-image. Weight mastery is an inside-out process. So you need to have motivation. You need to change your self-image. You need to understand habits, the neuroscience of habits. Do you have any real strategy to deal with negative habits and implement healthy ones? No, you've got willpower. You just try and force yourself to do it and it's not working. There's a strategic way to influence your habits. And as you can imagine, it makes everything else easier. Emotions. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel that doesn't involve food? Probably not. And that's one of your core 
triggers for eating too much food is that you don't know how to handle your emotions. This culture where we're conditioned to use food as our main emotional management strategy. So if that's the case, how are you gonna lose weight? You gotta learn how to deal with the emotions. The next one is thinking, just straight up thinking. How do you think like a thin, healthy person? And I can read your mind. You're saying, I don't know, I don't know. Exactly, <laughs> right, so you've gotta learn. And then the final piece is maintenance. Do you know how to maintain? Oh, I'll figure it out when I get there. When you get there, are you that cocky that you're just gonna get to the goal? How about you learn how to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two, month one to month two? You've got no strategies for maintenance. You start your plan off like a bat out of hell and it lasts a couple days and then you go right back to what you always do. Do you know what I mean? So, so again, but, but by the way, when's the last time you heard mindset broken down in those categories? Never, <laughs> you know? Again, I'm not saying I'm some genius, but it's like, I'm just, I focus on it in this way and, and people don't for whatever reason, which is why I'm able to get, uh, hey, Ann Ross, Ann Ross is here, all right. How you doing, Ann? Ann, now it just made me think, I'm gonna reach out to you. I wanna interview you because you got a great story and you're super smart and so you have a good way of communicating. So I'm gonna reach back out to you because I wanna do some testimonial calls with people next week. So I'll reach out to you and hopefully we can do that soon. Um, Cause I totally forgot. I got COVID and stuff. I was gonna, I was gonna do all those and I got COVID. That, that took me out for a couple of weeks. Um, but glad to see you here. Um, 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 um. And plus, you know, all my, my clients that were in the program and the coaching thing, I was just thinking this last night for the, the week before the new year, I'm gonna have some uh, coaching calls open for you guys. I'm gonna make some group coaching calls available. And I just redid the mindset section of the Weight Mastery Blueprints. Just uploaded those today. So that's new. I updated the workbook, um, shortened it, made it better. So it's not quite as long. Um, and it, it now it'll take you just about an hour, you know, to fill all those out. So anyways, that's up in live too as well for anyone who's a client. Um, you're welcome, Tabby. You're welcome. Uh, Esma says, any advice for overeating? Okay, now let's get back to that. Um, okay, so, so advice for overeating is this. And this is what I was just saying. The first thing you gotta do, if you're struggling with overeating, the first thing you gotta do is understand it, okay? What most people wanna do as dieters is they say, oh, I'm an overeater and I gotta stop it, okay? And again, it's that willpower approach. I'm overeating, just gotta stop it. But that's never, that's not dealing, that's dealing with the symptom and not dealing with the problem, the, the core problem, you see? And so what I would suggest if you're overeating is the first thing I do is understand it. Why are you overeating? And there's different reasons you're overeating in different situations. And so the main ones I was just talking about, and again, there's more than this, but these are the big ones I usually look for. Um, first is uh, what, what you're eating. If you're eating a lot of processed food, you're probably overeating a lot because processed food is literally engineered to cause you to keep overeating it. You know, I always joke, I mean, processed food, you always in your mind intuitively think you're like created by chefs in a kitchen, those foods are created by chemists in a lab and they're just got more resources than you can fight against, <laughs> you know? It's like the casino, do you know what I mean? It's like cigarettes. Do you really wanna take that on? Do you really wanna take that challenge on? They're better at that shit than you are better at not doing it. So if you're eating a lot of processed food, you're probably overeating, okay? And so if that's the case, we got a specific strategy we gotta deal with for that. The next thing is that you're over-restricting. You're cutting the food down too much and you're getting yourself too hungry and you're reducing your willpower so you can't control your eating, then you're overeating, okay? And the third one is something emotional, um, that you're an emotional eater. And now in that situation, you're not even eating because of the flavor or the, the enjoyment of it necessarily. You're doing it because it gives you emotion, it's stimulating, it's entertainment, it's something to look forward to, um, or 
it's uh, something you use to numb yourself or distract yourself from unpleasant emotions. Okay. So those are the big three. I mean, again, there's more than that, but those are the big three that I would start with because once you understand why you're overeating, um, then you can craft a customized solution to deal with it. So I hope that helps you out. Um, Asma says, I even overeat apples and fruits because I love them and they taste so good. And then I get bloated. Um, oops, let me see. My daughter just got a part in a play. I'm excited for her. So that's exciting. All right, I gotta get out of here. I got a coaching call coming up, which is part of my program. Yeah, okay. I even overeat apples and fruits because um, I love them. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that people don't overeat because they love certain foods, because obviously they do. Um, but I think you need to zoom out a little bit and see the bigger picture. You know. Um, where are you at before you start eating the fruit? Like, let, let me put it this way. Let me reframe it a little different. When, Esma, when you're calm and relaxed and you're motivated and you're focused on your goals and how you want to feel and how you want to look and who you want to be as a person and you're centered and you're feeling good, you're, you're flowing through the day, you're thriving, it's just a good day. In that situation, are you overeating? You know, I want you to think about that. Um, Usually that's not the case. You know, usually like we're kind of in a negative place and that's when the overeating's happening. So I think it's very important. I think it's dangerous. I, I rarely see the reason people are overeating is because the food's so good. That, that's just my experience, you know? Um, and so I say there's usually more to it than that. Usually you're in a state. You're in a particular state when you're overeating. Maybe you're unaware. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're just distracted. Who knows? But usually there's a state that precedes the behavior. And I think it's helpful to recognize what that state is because then you can, again, you can come up with a, an elegant customized solution, you know? And if we, if we mistakenly label that thing and say, well, I just love the way fruit tastes when I overeat it, you know, and then well, how do you fix that? You know what I mean? Usually there's more to it. Maybe there's not in your case, you know what I mean? But usually there is. So something to think about. All right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here. I got to go and... Uh... Got a coaching call. So yeah, anyone who's on here is not in my world, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training, and get on my email list. I email you every day, okay? Um, and it's good positive stuff. What were we talking today with the email was hacking your brain chemicals. Would it be helpful to notice that? Yeah, of course, right? So it's always useful, helpful, supportive, encouraging stuff. Right? And it's all free, okay? Um, the podcast is Program Yourself. Then we're on all the platforms. Go listen to it. The more you listen to it, the better your food choice is going to be, the easier weight loss is. All right. Again, all free. Um, and if you like the podcast, leave me a little review. Helps me out. All right. So um, thank you so much for listening. Great questions, everyone. I really appreciate them. Um, it's, it's fun to come on here and be able to help help you all out. So all right, everyone, have a super day. We'll talk soon. Bye.
Recording in progress. How's it going? Just gonna be <laughs> You're just listening? <laughs> well, I mean, I figured since I've been on this call every day this week, I was like, oh, I'll just listen. It's all right. Yeah, you can... so much. What's up, Astrid? Like <laughs> How you doing, Astrid? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, okay. Yeah? Things going well? <laughs> Go further. I listen uh, first. Oh, you got to listen first? All right. Everyone wants to listen. Oh. <laughs> Skylar won't listen. Skylar's got something to talk about. Him, I was just telling him <laughs> that I was not planning on listening today myself. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, whatever. There's always stuff to talk about. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I always pick it up wherever, wherever you're at. You know, there's a million different ways to come at this, which is, can seem overwhelming. But at the same time, there's always something to work on, which is kind of fun, too. So. Yes. It's the truth, yeah. right? Um, well, let's just kind of pick it up. Well, let's just, just start off with you, Scott. Like we were talking yesterday. Um, we had a conversation about, and I, I think I mentioned this too. Like, like, you know, when you go through this process, when you do it, I think it's like, I started talking about like the long-term time frame, And one of the things that's embedded in that is the idea that as you walk this path, things just kind of reveal themselves to you. You know, you figure things out. Anything you've done in your life for a long period of time it's always the same thing. Like you stick with it and then kind of like all of a sudden one day you realize something or you learn something or whatever. And so um, I felt like that yesterday with you, the idea of guided Skylar, I thought was kind of a cool concept, right? How's that, how'd that kind of land for you over the last 24 hours or so? No, I really, I really liked it. It, it really hit home as like, okay, when I do, cause I wrote out the redo rehearsal and I kind of flipped it of getting to that ideal place and that feeling first so that I, yeah. I can come from that place first about what would that person do? Right. So that really changed things around. And I, 
tried to do the redo rehearsal in my imagination it's just so hard to like stay focused because i just i get that i get that I'm going to redo and by the way so so the the um if you go back in the members area I just I put the updated uh weight mastery blueprints in there okay the mindset one the the other ones are the same I'm going to redo the the eating one I'm going to redo um the lifestyle one I think is perfect the way it is it's good um but the mindset one is a lot better it's it's half as long and uh it's just way quicker I was I town it's about an hour total it's six it's the six categories and each one is about 10 minutes or so. But so do the whole thing. Yeah, it's way more laser tar. I think it's a lot better. So I would definitely suggest going through that. Um, it's reminiscent of the other one, but I think it's just way more focused. And what it is, again, as I was saying, and I say in the training a lot, it's a living, breathing document. It's what you're working on. You know what I mean? It's like if I don't paint, but it's like if you worked on a painting, you don't just paint it. You know what I mean? You work on it and you come back to it. And you know what I mean? You keep tweaking it and all the rest of it. Um, that's how I think of these blueprints and, um, back, back to what I was saying to you, Skylar, when we bring into account, th this is a long-term thing. I'm always fortunate. And I, I remember there, there's Rachel, she's in, in the thrive program, but she does like rodeo stuff. Right. And so she's done rodeo stuff for like 25 years or something. And so I like referencing things in life that we do for a long period of time. You know what I mean? Whatever that may be, everyone's got something that they've done for a while because, like how you started is not where you're at now. And I think appreciating the the evolution and the growth of, of, again, this is a mastery path. That's how I want you to think of it. There is no ending, you know, like a guitar, martial arts, yoga, meditation. There's no end point. You don't just get to, oh, okay, I'm done now. I, I did it all. Right. Like it just doesn't exist. And, and that's, it, it kind of sucks in one hand. Like it's a little demotivating. Sometimes when you think about it that way. But the other side is that, what we're looking for is just the next, the next jump. You know what I mean? Like, like there's kind of these plateaus and then jump on the next level. And I was saying, even for myself, um, with the procrastination thing, I've been doing the redo rehearsal technique. And then over time, all of a sudden, like action gym pops in my head as a, as a, per, you know, as an identity. And it just, it fits. You know what I mean? Now, now once I realized I was all oh, action gym and I'm like, God damn, why didn't I, why didn't I do that a year ago? You know what I mean? It's like, as soon as we realize that's the curse of knowledge, they call that. As soon as we realize something, it's like, Oh my God, that's so obvious. Why didn't I realize that? So watch that too. You know, as you walk this path, sometimes like this, it's this weird counterforce that as we realize things, we also get mad at ourselves because a lot of the most profound realizations are things that are like so simple and obvious. Like to some degree, like a guided Skylar to some degree, right? Like this, you know, all those things, but sometimes it just comes together in a way that just means something. Action Jim. It's like, well, I've been thinking about taking action for a long time, but for whatever reason, that name and just put it that way in that moment just meant something more to me. And now I build on that though, you know? So th that's what we're doing here because what most people, they don't look at it as a mastery path. They look at it like, okay, tomorrow I start my diet and I'm just going to be perfect with it. And there's no, there's no sense of growth or learning or evolution in their minds. And I think that's a completely wrong way to look at it. They're just like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be perfect. Tomorrow I'm going to just start doing my plan. And there's no like awareness of the pro the real process that's going on, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's why there's always stuff to work on, but it's fun though to me. So it's like, I don't, you know, again, I'm at my goal weight, but you know, to be honest, I mean, you're, you're a similar situation, Skylar, right? So it's like, you can't. A lot of people, you know, it's almost a trap. It's, it's, it's good and bad. Everything's good and bad. But it's like, if you want to lose weight, you know, you trade the pleasure of the food to some degree for the excitement of the scale going down. 
you know, but once you get to your goal weight, there needs to be some other type of motivation there. Right. Yes. Because I, I mean, there, I mean, there is this part of me that's like, dang, Skylar, you can just be like, F it. I'll mm -hmm. be on this medication for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But I really, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, because, but I'm still here and I still like want to like eat healthier because that has been a goal of mine, but you're right. It has to be the motivation because I know that you said that it has to mean something and you've gotten to the point where you eat healthy and you can feel the difference. Yeah. But I think that I just don't, I don't have enough um, experience now to really feel the difference. I kind of know that I know it will be different, but. Sure. I get that. But really a day like yesterday, for example, right? So I'll get, yesterday is a perfect yeah. example of how to change this, how to give it more meaning, okay? So for you, what I would suggest, and we want to look for as many opportunities as we can, that I would start to reframe this process, not as one primarily about living at your goal weight, as much as it is about being guided Skylar and living as guided Skylar, right? Because that's all, and, it, and yesterday was the perfect example of that to me. I remember we started the conversation off and it was about food, right? And as we, we talked about it, we started to kind of zoom out a little bit and see the bigger picture, that, that the food was like a little piece of it, but the bigger piece was going to the movies because you're just bored. You know what I mean? Just doing this as it is boring and realizing that's not your highest self. You're not operating out of your highest self um, when you do that behavior. You see what I mean? And so I love stuff like that because that's almost always the case. Anytime there's a food issue, we can almost always back it up to this that, okay, the food issue is there. But if we back it up, we realize it's because I'm not operating out of my highest self. You know, and that's why I always say you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You know, you got to make this, the weight just usually isn't enough motivation anyways. And if you're already at the goal weight, yeah. So, so for you, just to drive this point home, Skylar, you could stay on the medicine. You could keep going to the movies. You could still keep eating this stuff and you'd still be at the same weight, but you still wouldn't feel the level of fulfillment and happiness and right. life that you want to live. Yeah. You see what I mean? And so. That's the same for all of us. The weight is never the main thing. If weight was such a magical, amazing thing, then everyone that lost the weight would keep it off. But most, the vast majority of people put the weight back on. So the weight in and of itself does not mean anything really. It really doesn't. You've got to find more meaning in this. And to me, the meaning is in how you define the process. And so for me, it's not about losing weight. It, even now, right? So it's like, well, I mean, I like living at the weight I'm at, but it's way more about being a person. Again, it, my, my real most important things in my life, my family, my work, Th these are the two big things. You know, it's my family, my work, and my personal development. Th those are like the three main focuses of my life. And so the weight is wrapped around with them, not because of what the scale says, but because of what I do to make the scale say that. So it's, um, Specifically, it's getting enough sleep. It's being hydrated. It's being relaxed and calm regularly each day. It's nourishing myself at a high level. It's moving my body because that makes me more energized and clear, clear headed and focused. It's um, meditating because that does the same thing, helps me out. It's feeling grateful because that's the person I want to be. And it helps me be the ideal person I want to be so I can have the best family life, the most successful business, and the best personal development in terms of playing guitar, doing yoga, all the things that really interest me. You see, so what we want to do is we want to find the things that are already motivating to you in your life, 
A big mistake people make is they say, okay, today's Sunday and I don't really give a shit about my weight. Tomorrow's Monday and now I'm really going to care about my weight. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're just going to like, oh, all of a sudden tomorrow, now it really means a lot to me. And it's like, what? You can't just, you can't, you can't just be willy nilly with things that matter to you. You can't just, oh, oh, now that's really important to me. So instead, like what's already important to you in your life? Like what, what is the core aspects of your life that you do consistently day in and day out, feeling good, feeling bad, you're always doing? What are the most important areas of your life? Um, oh, like taking a shower type stuff or no, like, like even bigger than that. Oh, oh, like spirituality. I do like these calls every day. Um, like it's stuff to do with my spirituality. I'm like on that. Yeah. Right. So spiritual, that's perfect example, right? And there's more things than that, but let's go with spirituality. Cause I want to, this relates right back to what we were talking yesterday. Right. So, so to catch you up, Mandy and Astrid, we were talking yesterday and, um, Skylar, we were talking about who her ideal self was. And one of the things she said, and there were, there was happy, there was joyous, there was being vibrant. And then she said, feeling like I'm guided um, by a higher power basically. And that's how she thinks of her highest self. Like when I'm really just thriving in life, when I'm flowing in life and everything's going at its best, when I look back at my life, my highest points are when I feel like I'm being guided and I'm, I'm accepting it and I'm, I'm, I'm a, like a, a vessel for that. Right. And so and now I get more context right now. I hear you're doing these calls and this is something every day you're doing. You know what I mean? We don't even have to know why this is what I'm trying to say, folks. This is easy. You don't have to figure it out. You literally just have to look at what do I do day in and day out? You know what I mean? What do I do? Like when I'm feeling tired and exhausted, my kid's hungry. I get up and make them food when I'm feeling kind of tired and exhausted. And it's like, I got work to do. I get up and I do the work. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, we don't have to figure it out. We just look at what do we do day in and day out? Right. So it's like you do the spiritual stuff. Your work has got to be another piece of that. I have heard you mention your family a number of times. Right. Yeah. So these are three things, at least, that are really important to you already. They've been important to you your whole life and they're important to you day in and day out. There's no doubt about it. Is there? No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And you compare that to like your eating motivation. Do you see the difference, right? You can feel it, right? As you internalize it. One is profoundly always there, no matter what. You are that person. The other one you're working on. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes it's there, sometimes it goes. You never, nah, sometimes I care about spiritual stuff, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I care about my family, sometimes I don't. Uh, sometimes I care about work and making money and, and sometimes I don't, right? No, you're always thinking about those things. You see, so we want to find the things that we're always thinking about and that are truly important to us that we're showing up with regularly. And then we want to weave the health and all the stuff we're doing around those things. Okay. And then let the weight loss be an extra motivator. Fine. I want to look better. I want to do da, 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 da. Fine. But th that's not going to be enough. It hasn't been enough. Why would it magically all of a sudden be enough? It's just not going to be right. It's not for me. I don't really give a shit how I look. I'm on a one way path to looking worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you know what I mean? I don't want to sound negative, but I mean, just, you know what I mean? I, I see, I've been doing this shit for a long time. So I see my pictures all the time. I, I'm not, I'm not looking better. I'm the same weight. Fine. But it, it, fine, I'm fine with it. But I don't give a shit. I didn't really care to begin with. You know, it's, that's not what it's about for me. But what I am doing is all these other areas of my life are always improving. My family life's always getting better. My business always getting better. My personal development, I'm, I'm just always growing and evolving. And that's what matters most to me. And it's going to matter most to me for the rest of my life. 
So there's no end point. So that's where the weight loss really, I think that's why it's not really motivating because you just get to this point and then it's like, we need progress as human beings. Do you know what I mean? We need something to look, this is dopamine's driving our brains and the dopamine just wants something new, something, something new, you know, N new level of spirituality, new level of business, new level of relationship with our family. You know what I mean? We need more. And so this idea, okay, my weight's going to be this forever. It's just like, it's deflating. It's not exciting. Literally, genuinely, it's not exciting. So we got to make this around other things and we can very easily. And this is where things start to shift from being externally, superficially focused, you know, because if we just, I want to look better. And again, I'm not saying that's not a motivator. I'm saying it's not enough of a motivator most of the time. And so we start focusing on the inside. And so if you start looking at like, um, because even now you just said it, you're like, well, if I eat well, or if I don't eat well, I kind of feel the same. I'm, I'm kind of developing an awareness of that, but it, I, I don't know. I kind of feel the same. Um, but when you're really, when you're living, um, as kind of a vessel as, as you're being this conduit of, of this, this guidance, this spiritual, um, life you want to lead and your business improves, your, your personal life improves, your relationships improve. Now that's, ex that's inspiring. That's got to be inspiring on a higher level than just weight, right? It is. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel it's weird because like as you were talking, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even with, the, um, cause I, I, I eat a lot less candy and sugar than I did previous. And so, um, and that's probably because of the medication, but I have noticed, um, you know, my irritation level with my family has definitely like improved completely. Like I'm sure. like a lot different Yeah. and I know it has to do, I mean, at first I'm like, maybe it's the medicine, maybe it's the sugar. I, you know, but I'm, I'm around other people who are like overeaters, addicted to food sure. who talk about this constantly. And it's like, it's not getting into my skull of like, yes, Skylar, if you improve your eating, you are going to be more or guided, you're going to have more clarity. You're not going to be as tired. You're not going to be, I mean, I'm still irritable sometimes, but sure. like I know, but it's like, it hasn't really sunk in. Yeah, fair enough though. But you're doing the work, Skylar. I, I was thinking about you today that you keep showing up and doing it. And I, I was just doing a coaching call with someone and they're like, I'm relentless. And I was like, that's what we want. You need to be relentless with this because the, 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 the improvements don't happen as fast as you want them to, you know? And while the improvements happen, you're habituating to them as well. This person I was talking to has lost 40 pounds in the last six, seven months. And they're like, I don't feel any better than I did. And I said, well, that's bullshit, first of all. But because, um, you know, you lose it a pound at a time. So you habituate to it slowly. You know, if you woke up one day 40 pounds lighter, it would be a lot more obvious. Um, but you, you just, you have to recognize that sometimes we don't feel the way we expect we're going to, you know, through this yeah. process. And so you have to look for, you almost have to generate your own awareness in a sense of how is this helping me? This is the beauty of being a hypnotist, I'll tell you, is because I'm comfortable, you know, I, I have to guide myself. We make our own reality to some degree, you know, so I have absolutely linked living and eating this way with everything else. Does it, is it actually really, I mean, lots of people are overweight and unhealthy and successful with work. Do, do you know what I mean? So, so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but for me, I've made it that. I've made it, it, it has to be this way. For me, I've made it that way. And, um, and I think there's some truth to it too, I, I, that as well, but you start to develop a sensitivity to it because you do not have that sensitivity right now. And so you're, you're developing it though, because you're having days where you're eating, you're, you're eating less sugar. 
There are some days where you're eating healthier than others. And so that's training your mind to start recognizing the differences between them, you know, compared to when you weren't doing that, you know, and it is a process where you keep developing it. But as you, as you, you want to keep upgrading what we're doing here, you know, and talking about it on a higher level. That's why I like, even yesterday, I could tell, because I always look for like subconscious communication stuff. So I could tell like when you mentioned the, the guided spiritually peace, I could tell that really mattered to you, you know? And so when I find something like that, I do this to myself and I do it with my clients, is I, I want to start to frame this process through that because I know that's really important to you, you know? And so what where we go from here with this, right? So again, it doesn't, it, it's a little bit of step at a time, right? So even that's why I picked this up talking about this right now. We talked about this yesterday. But so now I want to give it more meaning and context, right? You say, oh, okay, I'm spiritually guided. Well, spiritually guided, spiritual guided and you're eating right now don't have too much to do with each other. You have kind of created a wall between them because you've been eating like shit for a long time, right? And so we create like our own psychological immune system says, ah, who cares how I'm eating? I'm still spiritually guided and all the rest of it. And so we've kind of conditioned our own like ignorance and unawareness, right? Just to almost defend ourselves. But now what's yes. happening is you're starting to eat less sugar, less candy. You're starting to eat healthier, starting to live healthier, make those things. And now you've created, oh, living in a spiritually guided way is really important to me. And so now it's almost like now you're at this new level. You, you've jumped another level now. And now starting from here, you can start to experiment and say, let me see what it's like to not eat the candy. And let me see what impact that has on my spiritual guidance. You know what I mean? And so now you start paying attention to that and you may find um, that there's a huge difference. You may find there's no difference. I don't know, but it's it's about paying attention to it. And it's, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Really, there is no end point here. You don't get to, okay, now I'm spiritually guided and now, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't, it's just, you have to maintain it. It's like brushing your teeth. I always say brushing your teeth, right? Because you never get to a point where you're like, ah, my teeth, are, they're clean. Now I don't have to brush them anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't think of it that way. And I don't, that's a path to mastery to some degree, right? Brushing your teeth is a path to mastery. And so um, it just never ends. And so here you've jumped to another level potentially where you start to reframe this process because that's what we're doing. We're giving this process more meaning. If I just got off the live, I say, I always say, I know people get pissed about it, but I'm like, if you're overweight and you want to lose weight and you're not losing weight, it's because you don't want to. And people get mad about things. I want to lose weight more than anything. Well, I think you wish you'd lose weight, but want is a very specific word. And we do what we want to do typically, you know? And so if we're not eating healthier, if we're eating lots of candy, it's because we want to eat candy. But why do we want that? Well, it's because of the way we think about it. And so the way you think about candy is you minimize the effects of it, right? That's part of it. And so we could talk about sugar and what it does to your body, You've learned that shit. It doesn't really impact you that much. You feel pretty good. You learn that stuff and you say, nah, I don't know. It doesn't seem true to me. But now we got something new to bounce it off of. Because when's the last time you bounced off your sugar consumption and your eating and your lifestyle off of how spiritually guided you feel? It's probably been a while. I mean, it's kind of there, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if you start focusing, I think you're going to start to realize, and I, I say this because I've gone through this. This is a huge motivator for me um, in terms of yoga and meditation, you know, because it's those are subtle things. So when you're spiritually guided, I'm going to assume it's some process of quieting down, right? Yeah. And turning inwards, yeah. right? And so it's, it's a perfect state to become more sensitive to what's going on here. 
How's my body feel? Because I noticed like, like if I eat like shit, like I did this weekend, I, I just so much bread. And then like Monday I'm meditating and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a frantic meditation. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not, if, if I put it in your terms, I'm not spiritually, I'm blocked kind of, you know what I mean? My body's just, I don't know the difference. Ah, you know, that's what I mean. But now it becomes very interesting because now you start to say, oh, what is the difference? How would it feel if my body was kind of clean and pure? How would that connection feel? That's got to be somewhat motivating to you. I can do that. So if I could like go a few days, like, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar. Like I try that. Sure, sure. And I ethically, like, it's like, I, I don't know. So I just don't try it anymore because it, it's a little stressful. Yeah. Even today, oh yeah. I mean, I had that like craving. It's like, so like, it's like, it's like, like an addiction. It's sure. like, it's a little difficult to, because because I had like sugar the day before. So now around that same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ding. I get it. I totally, totally get it. But let me put it in a different frame. It's like if I said, hey, Skylar, if you don't eat any sugar for the next week, I'm going to give you a suitcase with a million dollars in it. Would it be hard for you not to eat sugar? Oh, oh, okay. Well, now it's easy. (laughs) Wait, I thought you were addicted. What happened? What happened? Oh, now it's easy. (laughs) So it's like what we're looking for is we're looking some equivalent to that million dollars. Right. And so the flip side of that is like, if um, your parents, you're never going to see them again if you eat sugar the next week. Sh- should we worry? Should are, are your parents, should they be nervous or you're not, you're not going to eat sugar? No problem. Right. That's true. Right. So it's again, that's pain and pleasure. This unpleasant thought experiment, but it's, um, it proves the point that what we can do is usually way more than what we think we can do. And what a lot of that comes down to is the motivation we're experiencing. And so I would say that the reason you don't even consider like not being able to eat sugar is because your motivation's kind of weak because I'm going to, I'm going to try not eat sugar for a couple days. Why? Why would you not eat sugar for a couple days? Why? What's been your motivation? Just to see? To like be rid of it? I don't know. To like, the abstinence model. Like if I could stay away from it for a certain amount of time, then I won't crave it. Yeah. that's a shitty motivator though. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> just be honest. Just be, again, if we, and I use the million dollars, parents never seen them again as just an example of real motivation, what it feels like. You're not broken. It's not that you can't be motivated. It's that right now your motivation model and strategy is just impotent. You're like, uh, I'm going to try not eat sugar for a couple of days. Um, just because. Do you see what I'm saying? Right? It's like, oh yeah, no shit. Cause you've got real sugar enjoyment versus I'd be cool. Maybe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's no real motivation there. So what we're working on, even with the spiritual pieces, and again, it's just a seed. You don't have to give up any sugar right now. I just want you to start thinking, what is the connection? You know, if, if spiritual, you know, if that spiritual guidance is really, really um, valuable to you, important to you, and I believe it is, um, if you just start mulling over, what's the impact on that? You know what I mean? And then just kind of thinking about it, just starting to notice it. And then when you do your spiritual thing, all of a sudden you're just, because again, what, what a lot of what we're talking about is priming. Priming is fascinating because it, this all goes back to our reticular activation system as a part of our brain that really controls our awareness where there's a million things in the world. We're only aware of this many, this much of it. So this part of our brain, it's kind of like the car radio in your car. All the stations are hitting the antenna but if you heard all of them, it's just a big jumbled mess. So what the car tuner does is it blocks out all of them except for the one you tune into. And this RAS part of our brain does a similar thing where we, we see the reality 
that we believe in and that we know and we block out a lot of the other stuff and so priming is a way to start to change change that channel and it just starts with an idea. So I was like, I'm not telling you don't eat sugar for a couple of days. I'm not telling you that. I'm the step, a couple steps before that, where I just put the idea in your head, what is the impact between eating this sugar and the spiritual piece? And let me just go a little bit further with it. It ain't just physical. If anything, it's probably more mental and emotional. What would it be like if you were free of sugar for two days and then you go and pray? How do you, what's kind of the process, if you don't mind saying it, just in general terms, of your spiritual practice? Yeah, um, so like meditating throughout, the, like in the morning, sometimes in the middle of the day and at night. Yeah. Um, like praying. I have uh, these calls, a couple calls a day. Um, there's some stuff that we write out, which is more like emotional, checking out my resentments, anger, fear, talking about them, blah, 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 processing them. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. Now, you, you two, you, you've said this, so I don't mind bringing this up, but you you have stopped drinking, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've drank in the past and now you stopped. And I'm going to imagine you didn't just try stopping drinking one time and were successful. There were probably previous attempts before that. Of course, right? So what, do you remember like what it was that really the last time made it shift different from the previous um, ones? I don't know. I felt, I feel like it was kind of a gift like that I wanted to stop, Yeah. you know, and I didn't think that it was possible because like, you know, I couldn't just like with the sugar. Yeah. But, and you know, I meet other people and they, fo- they don't focus on like stop drinking. They focus on the spiritual stuff. So that's yeah. kind of how it all happened. So it's like, right. yeah. <laughs> You know, and I have like no desire. I mean, there's no, you know, I look at alcohol, it's not, I have, you know what I mean? So yeah. a part of me is like, can't you tap in with sugar? It's just not working right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, it was just more serious. Like it felt like a life or death, you know? Like really Fair enough. Life. I get that. Sugar, it's like. I totally get that. But we will utilize that because again, what NLP, neurolinguistic program is all about modeling. And so what I would suggest, we'll build on this. So again, this isn't about just fixing it now. It's planting little seeds along the way. But the similarity piece here is that what usually works the best when we want to change some negative behavior, what most people try to do is they try to stop the negative behavior. And what happens is there becomes this feeling of deprivation and this feeling of just emptiness, right? But for you with the alcohol, one of the big differences, what you just said, is you had something better. That's the, yes. that's the process of change we want to model. Not one where we stop doing the thing that's giving us pleasure that we know is not good for us, but the one where we say we let the negative thing go because we found something that's way better. You see what I mean? And so, again, I'm just, just planting that seed now. You don't have to just, I don't want you. And even like you just said, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a gift, like you said. I love that. What a, what a thing. You could imagine, again, this could be part of what you think. What would it be like if I just, if I had the gift of not wanting sugar because of what? Like if you just put that into your mind, again, you don't have to do it. It's just starting by thinking about it. Um, who knows? You know, notice the difference. Now, sugar is different. Sugar is different anyways. Okay. So I always make that clear. Okay. Because again, um, I, I always say this with the food, it's a managed addiction. You know what I mean? Like we're always, there's always going to be sugar in your life to some degree. You, you know what I mean? Like, like so it, it's different than the alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or whatever um, because that, that's an abstinence model and this one's a little different. Um, so, so I want to make that clear. But the more we get focused, like so this is how I would suggest experimenting with it over the next week or so is if you're meditating in the morning, um, you're meditating somewhat with a clear mind. 
relative to in the evening after you've eaten a bunch of sugar. And so what I would do is I would start tuning my brain to noticing, is there any difference here between the morning yeah, there ones? Is. There oh, there is. is. 